What will your legacy be? What indelible mark will you make in the world that people will remember and build up on for generations to come? In this special edition or special series for Black History Month, we're going to be interviewing entrepreneurs and small business owners who are African-American. And we're going to learn from their experiences and we're going to learn what type of legacy they are building for generations to build upon. And my guest today has been making an indelible mark in the construction industry. And he's going to be sharing with us about legacy and sharing with us his experience as an entrepreneur and how he is making a indelible mark in the world for others to be inspired and motivated by. You definitely don't want to miss this episode because it's going to be a good one. Let's get started. And I hope that you enjoy this interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Maximize Your Brand podcast. So excited to be with you today. And let me just say this. Happy Black History Month. It is Black History Month. We are in the month of February. Uh, You know, for me, it's Black History 365 days a year. However, it is the National Black History Month that we are Uh, talking about. So we thank you for joining us for this episode. Also, we want to let you know that we are going to be doing Black History Month focused interviews all month long, all month long, because we want to, you know, be in alignment with the things that are going on in our present moment. But before we get started, I want to invite you to, uh, Download my free gift that I have created for those of you who are in corporate America and you really have a passion to leverage your expertise, a passion to really begin to market yourself and the things that you have to offer to others. I have a brand new PDF called the seven stages to shift your brand checklist, the seven stages to shift your brand checklist. And all you have to do in order to get that checklist real quick is to text, and I'm going to put it on the screen, text brand me to 77222. To get that checklist, it's just a quick checklist that gives you the seven stages really that I went through to move from my healthcare uh, administrator position job into being a full-time coach consultant speaker. So if you want to get that free gift, all you have to do is text brand me, brand me to 77222, brand me to 77222, and you'll get a text where you can download that free gift. Well, I'm ready to hop into this interview and to get started with my guest today. My guest today is Mr. Donald Harden Jr. Don Harden, as we call him here in Nashville, was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, currently. And for more than 20 years, Don owned, co-owns, let me say that, co-owns and manages Don Harden Group, a construction management firm based in Nashville with and serving Fortune 500 clientele across the country, as well as serving community-based organizations. And so I don't want to prolong the whole bio because he's going to share a little bit more about himself. And so we're going to just go ahead and bring him into this live space because we are live. You know that the past 
few weeks uh, starting this year, I decided to bring the podcast to the live audience. And so we're going to go ahead and bring Don into the room. What's going on, Don? What's going on, Marquise? Thank How you, for, you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me for this first edition of the Black History Month series as we are bringing on entrepreneurs, uh, small business owners who are African-Americans who are creating uh, what I like to say, lasting legacies in the world. So I just kind of gave a brief introduction of who you are. Why don't you share a little bit more information about yourself, your business, your family life, um, you know, whatever you want to share. Okay, first, I'm honored that you would have me on your show. It's important what you're doing. Um, Thank you. Getting out there, getting the message out. So, uh, yeah, you did... Uh, get a few things right. I'm Don Harden uh, all day, most every day, whether I want to be or not. Uh, native Nashville, you know, as you said, I've been in construction for 30 years now. Um, and that co-ownership is true. Uh, somewhere along the lines, maybe in my fifth year of being in business, I coerced my wife to join me because I was struggling doing this thing by myself. You know, when you're when you start out as a consultant, to try to start a business, you're um, you're proposing the work, you're doing the work, and then you're invoicing the work all at the same time. And you can't miss any of that, or else the lights all of a sudden get dim. So um, definitely, uh, she's been a, a great partner. Um, I'm a native here, of course. Went to TSU, Tennessee State University, majored in architectural engineering. Um, at the time, TSU had one of they were one of the 11 schools in the nation that actually had nationals. Uh, they had actually have architectural engineering as a major that's accredited. So a lot of schools have an architectural associates degrees and, and the architectural engineering techs, but TSU, a jewel of a school, um, was one of the few that had architectural engineering of a bet accredited. And, um, I knew all of the other other 10 at the time. In fact, we connected with those other guys. After I finished college, um, there's a company, large company called Floor Daniel. Uh, in fact, I, I spoke with a young lady who reached out to me today. She recently finished working at Floor Daniel, but Daniel, Floor dropped the name Daniel, so you may know them as Floor now. In fact, they're trading in the stock market pretty well. Okay. Um, but worked for them. They were when I when they hired me in 1990 out of college. They were the number one engineering and construction company in the nation, and um, that was by a publication called Engineer News Record (ENR). Mm -hmm. uh, comes out period. I think it actually comes out weekly uh, if you follow that that industry. And um, was fortunate to work for them. Moved around in like eight states in a ten-year period, um, and. Um, you know, I, did, I had no idea God, why God was taking me through all these places and working in different uh, different industries. You know, we we started out in metals and mining in upstate New York and did more metals and mining in Kentucky, moved to the home office in Greenville, South Carolina, and did a lot of different other things, GE work. Okay. Uh, started to get into food and beverage, uh, moved to Chicago and, and did more food and beverage work and, and more high tech work left uh, Chicago and moved to um, Bowling Green. I mean, I'm sorry, Birmingham, Alabama, and helped build a Mercedes Benz plant in automotive. Wow. So we moved, moved around quite a bit. And the final stop before coming back to Nashville was, was Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hmm. And uh, we did project management for Intel. Uh, Intel at the time, you, you remember the term Pentium chips, right? right. I'm telling my age now. Uh, youngsters would know what Pentium chips are, but they're simply a, just another chip that goes into, and now you may know them know them to go in a phone, a cell phone, but the Pentium chips, every time a new computer came out, then uh, Intel's creating a new chip. And every time they had to make new chips or on, on wafers, they call them wafers that they're made on, which is like a very, very thin disc. And then they would pretty much retrofit their fabric, their factory. And so they're always retrofitting their fab, you know, so we did project management there and um, loved 
pretty much loved Albuquerque. My wife, we built the house there and, and I was promoted to be over about 25 engineers and everything was great. Then I get a call from one of my frat brothers. Everybody knows Lee Molette around here. Still didn't, didn't make sure he, he uh, gets a little credit for the story of him coercing me to. <laughs> and actually, my good friend Tony Holt was really the one that says, hey, uh, Don, you may want to talk to Don. He may want to be interested in coming back to Nashville. I really wasn't. But Lee asked me to come out to come back home and meet the meet the people involved and meet the architect. And it turned out to be Mount Zion Baptist Church. Oh, nice. And so uh, after they, you know, I'm, I'm in this room interviewing, had no idea. I'm just coming home for the trip and mom's cooking. Right. So um, and they ended up in this interview and I was in uh, Pastor Walker's. He was Pastor Walker at the time before he became Bishop Walker. Um, and it was like 15 people piled up in his little small office on Jefferson Street. And they okay. interviewed me, asked me all these questions. Still, I didn't realize I'm trying to interview to come back home. It's just like, it just kind of happened. And and they asked me to go sit in my car. I sat in my car for probably an hour. And they came back and said, Don, we want you to move to, to want you to be here. And I'm like, whoa, how did this happen? So I called my wife and, and said, I, the potential of coming home, we talked about it before I flew out to Nashville. But she stayed home in, in Albuquerque. I called her and said, hey, I, something came over me. We got to there's something spiritual has come over me. We got to move back to Nashville and I got to build wow. this church. And she wow. was like, what? You know, like we, what, what we got, what are we going to do with, with all the stuff we have here? And I'm like, I promise I'll build you another home some, at some other point, mm -hmm. but uh, moved to Nashville and kind of rest is history. So, uh, you know, as far as, and that was actually after finishing Mount Zion, it was like, okay, I had to be, so entrepreneurship, some people, probably aspired to say, okay, in 10 years, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I, do, I really didn't have that kind of ambition. Hmm. It was kind of thrown on me, but I think, thank God that it was because, you know, he, he must've known better than I could that it was meant to be. So I, I, you know, after 30 years, I wouldn't know what else to do other than being an entrepreneur, you know, yeah. Yeah. and in business 20 years, but in construction 30, and so me being an entrepreneur is a good fit. And and several times over the years, other larger companies have tried to recruit me to come back and 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 work in their corporations. Hey, we're going to give you the big seat. You know, you're going to be over 200 people and you're going to love it and this and that and that other. And I, I, I remember going flying to Philadelphia to meet a guy. And all I did was fly to the airport. We met in the airport, interviewed me and flew back to Nashville the same, you know, the same hour or whatever. And, uh, and I you know, it sounded good, but I, you know, more money than I probably thought, thought I could make, but uh, I turned that down because what I've learned, Mark Keith is when you're an entrepreneur, you're in a position to help a lot more people in a lot more situations than you can uh, being in the glass ceiling. You think yeah. that you, 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 you would think that you could do more in a corporation, but really in where I sit, I've learned that I'm, I've, been more influential being an entrepreneur. I, I think, think you know, a bit, so I'll let you ask a question. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I'm, I appreciate you giving us that background because I think it's important for people to know uh, the background, excuse me, behind, you know, how did you get where, where you are? You know, you, you said that I wasn't really expecting to uh, become an entrepreneur. I I was really, you know, doing the corporate architecture thing. And you just had what you said, some type of spiritual awakening or a moment or a divine moment in time where it led you to that. Talk a little bit about, you know, was it important for you to have some of that corporate experience prior to moving into entrepreneurship? Because sometimes, you know, you have individuals who just want to jump in. But then you have individuals who kind of gradually moved in that direction because they were able to learn in the corporate environment that has given them a, a little bit more foundation uh, mm -hmm. once they started their business. Absolutely. For me and the industry that I'm in, <clears throat> it's, it was highly important that I learned from the corporate world. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I used to have this thing in my head that, to, to rob somebody else of their knowledge and then take it and use it elsewhere. Yeah. And I remember, first of all, 
you know, I would have never gotten the opportunity staying in my own backyard um, on a construction side. I mean, I mean, I worked in some of the largest situations you can you can imagine. I, I, I put in anchor bolts bigger than me, you know, in yeah. some of these places. Yeah. And, and so, you know, putting uh, equipment on, on the roof of, you know, with a helicopter was no big deal. Now, if you see it, it's like everybody stops like it's a, so I, I've done some major stuff and I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity just by staying here in town. I actually had three job offers when I finished college. Okay. And, um, uh, one of them, I accepted the first, you learn a lot about stuff, but I accepted the first offer, uh, to be with work at the Ohio department of transportation. Mm -hmm. And I had to renege on that guy. I, I kind of felt bad. He was a nice guy. Uh, Merritt Croft, he was an older gentleman. But he was the one that got back with me first, right? So okay. You hear all these attaches like, "Don't accept your first offer" and all that. I probably, you know, young young kid didn't didn't really know. But then Turner Construction made you know they made me an offer, but their offer wasn't really sincere, right? Why do I say that? Because uh, I can remember interviewing. The second interview was like uh, like like maybe uh, maybe five of us made a short list, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the only brother in the group, but they're asking us questions and I'm nailing all these questions. They're, I'm beating everybody. I mean, I hate to brag, but I'm like, I know I'm better than these guys, but they didn't offer me a job the first time. So what happens is somebody reneged just like I reneged on the other guy and said, okay, well, and this, this guy from New York calls me. He says, Don, we got an emergency situation. We got a job opening in, in, um, in Nashville, you know, you, you, you interviewed well and, and so somebody, I knew somebody else had turned them down. The yeah. job I really wanted took a long time to, to get back to me, and that was Floor Daniel. And um, they finally got back to me, but they were, they were sincere. It was a brother from UT Knoxville, a black guy who's the only president, in, and they have a divisional setup, and he was right. the only president at Floor, and he was my mentor. Mentors are important as well. And, uh, and he, you know, he wanted me to come to work for them, and, and uh, and I, I wanted to be at Floor because it was going to open up a bigger world for me. Um, Turner's a fine company, but they're just construction. Whereas um, Floor had engineering and construction, so I could do design and construction. So uh, that was a better fit. It, it was the the job in with Turner would have been right here in Nashville, and they believe in you know for a person to be able to get home to their families where they live. That's great, but still. It's not that opportunity that I think a younger person should try to get. If I look right. back now, I definitely right. do it the same way. Right. But, but um, <clears throat> I think that at some point, and this is what I actually was talking to a young lady about today. Uh, I want to give a, a shout out to Debbie Howard uh, because she had a, a young lady uh, reach out to me and say, you know, the young lady who's in construction up in D.C. and was running into a wall the same kind of wall that I knew about, whereas she was working for Floor, Floor Daniel, and she worked for a couple of other corporations. And sometimes those corporations just puts a, a kid in the chair, right? Mm. Young black male or, or black female, and sometimes white men, white females for that matter. The, the corporations sometimes don't know what really what to do with them to, to like put them on a path of growth or a career, a true career path. right? You go to school thinking, hey, I'm going to be an architect. I'm, I can't wait to see my buildings um, go up. You deserve the same opportunity. But the reality is for African-Americans, uh, males and females, they don't, they get put in a corner. Mm -hmm. And no matter how talented they are, their talents never really get used. So this young lady was frustrated. And so she's probably happy that she was able to get exposed to the bigger, bigger world like I was. But at some point, um, like LeBron James, you got to take your, your talents to South Beach, right? Like, okay. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. I got to do something else. Yeah. So, but, but at the same time, you need to take the time to get that experience wherever, whatever it is. And for me, construction. Otherwise, I would only know no, no offense to folks who can only build a house. But I would only know how to build a house or something small had I not took those opportunities on a larger corporation. 
Yeah, you know, and that sounds good. You know, it speaks to exposure. Just real quick, you you gave him a shout out. Lee Millette hopped on on LinkedIn and he said, uh, Don has been killing the game since following God's steps. Good point. <laughs> so we appreciate Lee Millette popping in real quick and sharing that little bit. And so, and Joshua Mundy just popped in. He said, Don is the GOAT. Don is the GOAT. So that's good. You know, exposure is is great, you know, and helping you to really, you know, I think learn uh, your true gifts, learn what that what I like to call your your superpower. I believe we all have an individual superpower. And, and I mean that by saying that there is something that you have that comes easy to you, but hard for other people. That's mm-hmm. the thing that is connected to, I believe, your purpose. That's the thing that's connected to what you're supposed to be offering the world as it pertains to value. And it's the thing that you're supposed to be using to make the impact that you're supposed to make. And if we spend enough time really honing in on that and not being concerned about money and not being concerned about success and not being concerned about all these other things and just tap into that space of purpose that 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 space of your gifting then all the other things will really fall into place and i think that's what happened to you right all the other things begin to fall into place when you absolutely tapped into that thing that you knew that you did better that came easy to you but hard for other people yeah absolutely it's it's so many so many stories around what you're saying i can remember so you have to if you can put it in perspective when you work for a corporation like floor Whereas they do projects and you, you never heard of Fluor re, re, really in Nashville, really, because right. they're a large company, but they only work on major projects. Mm-hmm. So when they're complete, when they're finished with that project, everybody, all the project engineers, project managers that work on that project, they have to go somewhere else. Okay. And it's rare that all of them go to the same place, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever you would go to a new job that the, the lead site director or project director would look at all the resume he has to look at the resumes again right he right. has to look at my resume okay don's a civil architectural guy i got jim bold here he's a civil architectural guy but guess what else they're looking at they're looking at they have a salary that they have to fill sometimes mm-hmm. not only my experience helped me get in the door but because i was a lower paid guy right they would literally two at least two managers literally told me don we're going to have to get your salary up. You're lower. You're getting paid lower than people who are, have half of your experience, you know? And so, um, that goes on all the time. So I think that uh, a lot of black folks and, and a lot of people don't have that exposure to know that we don't know that we're underpaid and, and even coming out of, um, of, of college, I think that I would advise a youngster to challenge, when they get that job offer, challenge that that salary. Make sure you know that that you're getting a good start at a good rate. Um, so you're uh, you're, you're you're not left behind there. Right. Um, but as far as uh, all those steps, I think it, it was it was you're true. It's like I was more concerned with getting experience, and I can remember always being you know flexible. You know, like if somebody asked, "Hey, what Don is? We have a project." coming up in, in Indiana or whatever, would you, are you interested in that? And I would, you know, look at it. Of course, my wife, Tracy would tell you at some point I had to ask her like, Hey, uh, they want to want us to move here. Are you okay with it? My wife had got her master's while we were on the road. Okay. So she, she wants to get her career going too, but here, here I am dragging her around all these places. So big sacrifice for her too. So at some point it's like, okay, I'm not, you know, I can't just say, Hey, yeah, I'll go here and there. It has to be an opportunity for her to do something there too. So a lot came into play, but being flexible, not, and I tell people, um, you, you definitely can't worry about the money until you get your experience. You know, you don't want to be top heavy and, and, and all of a sudden you're in that higher salary category. Right. And then they need to, they, they need you to be in another place. Mm-hmm. You don't have the, it's kind of like you 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 know you're buying a you buying a Ferrari but you live in a a, a small condo. You know what I'm saying it just yeah. it's kind of kind of unbalanced. Yeah, good. Well, we are talking about building 
legacy. Our topic for this particular series is building a legacy. And before we go uh, to a commercial break, I want you to share a little bit about, you know, what does it mean to build legacy for you after 30 years of being in your industry and 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 really, you know, helping to create some of the, you know, most uh, noticeable uh, buildings, you know, in our city and I'm sure in other cities, you know, what does it mean to you to build legacy as we are entering in the beginning of Black History Month? Sure. I, I, you know, legacies, you know, becomes important to everybody at some point. For me, Markeith, it's um, after you worked in this career for a long time, and uh, and and a lot of people who've owned businesses uh, before you you may have you may sit around and talk to an old brick guy who used to know several companies that were around. They're no longer around. Not only they're not around, but they don't really have any representation. Um, Turner Construction, as I, I mentioned, they have a hundred year jump on 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 the regular guy. Why? Because they pass that on. And I noticed that we don't we black construction businesses don't get passed on like they should. So I'm on a mission and I've identified two or three people in my in our office and they know it that they're getting groomed to take over the business if they like. Now and I tell them that hey you can change the name from Don Harden Group to to triple A construction if you want to, but just there's no need for me to build this business, get the licensure the bonding capacity and then just when I, you know, retire or leave the earth that it's not left behind for somebody else to take the ball and take it to the next level. So uh, legacy, that, that's what legacy means to me. That's what legacy means to Don. Well, as I stated, we are in Black History Month. And so we are talking to black entrepreneurs and small business owners this month. And my first guest this week is Don Harden Jr. And so we'll be right back after this commercial break and we're going to talk a little bit more about building a legacy and how Don has been uh, creating, you know, some some awesome things in Nashville. And I'm sure that will vibrate in other cities as we continue to move forward. And so we'll be right back after this commercial break. Are you a corporate executive or career professional who's ready to take your life back, ready to take your time back, and you've thought about becoming a coach, a speaker, a trainer, or consultant in your own business? Well, I want to invite you to schedule a brand maximization discovery session so that I can help you to uncover that expertise and learn how to properly package yourself in an online-based business. I'm Markeith Brayton, personal brand strategist and master lifestyle coach, who's all about helping corporate executives and career professionals to maximize and monetize their personal brand online so that they can create a location-free business and live the life that they crave. What I know for sure is that you want to be doing something that's fulfilling and that's exciting and that provides great value to the world. You want to make a greater impact on the lives of individuals. And you know that if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get the results that you've always got. So schedule a brand maximization discovery session by going to my website, markeithbrayton.com forward slash consultation. That's markeithbrayton.com forward slash consultation. And let's maximize and monetize your personal brand. All right, welcome back to the second half of this interview with Don Harden Jr. of the Don Harden Group. Is that correct? Did I say that correct? That's correct. All yeah, right. We don't we just say Don Harden Group, don't drop. You can drop the V. It's okay, Don got Harden. it. And exactly. so we've been talking about building legacy and you know, one of the things that prompted me to contact Don to have him on the podcast was he had posted on Facebook about uh, uh, one of the most recent uh, celebratory events that we had in Nashville of opening the National Museum of African American Music. I think I got that right here in Nashville. But something that Don did that was very 
uh, impressing to me or that I thought that sometimes we have a tendency to forget. And what he did was he he shared other individuals who were behind the scenes that probably wouldn't have got recognized had he not made that post, right? You know, because we have a tendency to always focus on the people who are out front, who are the leaders, but yet you can't be a leader without the people who support you. And I thought that that was a great post. And so when he posted that, I was like, you know, I really need to have Don on the podcast during Black History Month to kind of talk about, you know, his journey as an entrepreneur and some of the things uh, that he has done, uh, not only in Nashville, but, you know, across the country and other endeavors. But Don, talk to us a little bit about uh, the National Museum of African-American Music that just recently opened up here in Nashville. That post worked. I knew you would call me. (laughs) No, seriously, but I think I think you're right. I think, um, you know, um, projects like this, you know, every everyone can get recognized. But uh, the reason why I I thought it was important is because this project right here was a project that some kind of way allowed a lot of professionals, a lot of African-American professionals to, to do their task. You know, just just think about um, a doctor or, or a lawyer. There's probably a lot of them out there that do a lot of great things that we never know about. And right. uh, it's a travesty that we don't get to know uh, who some good doctors are. You know, the Dr. Drews, uh, you know, Drews of the world, Charles Drews of the world, and they never get recognized. Right. This project right here uh, had so many African-Americans and it's an African-American subject, but it had so many professionals doing their thing that if Turner would have gotten a project or Skanska, love you guys on some days, but this one had to be about African-Americans. And, and I give credit to a lot of people um, when the the um, builder of the fifth and broad development mm-hmm. was um, first of all, let me let me back up. The museum was taken on a couple of places. Right. We were going to be on Jefferson Street at one point and we put I put out an RFP back then and had a big to do uh, um, interview process. Eight companies uh, was was interested and these were all the major companies in the city. Skanska won at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a partner at the time, and uh, even they found a way to to drop them. Right, they had a more minority partner, but they found a way to drop them because while the museum tried to figure out, you know, the finances and the design, right, the the mayor called Dean pitched I did it to him to Henry and the team. Hey, why don't you guys consider being at the Fifth and Broadway location? And it was a sellable idea because it's 70 years, no rent, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like, like, who does that? Fifth and Broadway downtown, you get no rent. And, and that's a good deal, right? So, um, but at the time, it was an opportunity to say, okay, what if we had, and I mean, Henry and I were having lunch one day, and we were like, what if we had 100% minority participation? Mm-hmm. And then when we set the, the president of Skanska down and, and told him that, he was he kind of sat back in his seat like like how do we how do we do 100 percent minority participation and he must have been thinking well that would kind of knock us out of the box and we were we weren't we didn't think it that far but it kind of did maybe but even that was far-fetched we said okay maybe that's far-fetched but what if we put an rfp out and demanded that is heavy minority participation and uh, a company uh, called Euphony Four, some guys that and people know, and, and the the, uh, the secret ingredient for them was they went and got a, a company out of Cincinnati that actually built the Freedom Center. The, our museum director, a black guy who has a lot of history, and he's about to retire, Dr. Fleming, in Cincinnati, um, um, happens to be your, your uh, frat brother. Fat, fat. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, it's, we joke about it all the time. We got pandemic on on this project, but Dr. Fleming said, "Hey, the guys who built the Freedom Center, which he was the director of then, was Megan Construction." So, uh, it started to be like the a collaboration of four 
black companies came together to pursue the project. They proposed our selection committee. Um, I was part of it as well. Thought that, hey, let's let's give this a shot. We, we had a black architect. At first, we had two architects, and the agreement was when they were going to be on Jefferson Street, Tuck Hinton was going to be the lead to build the exterior, and Harold okay. Thompson was going to design all the interior. Well, we got we get in a new location. We really have virtually have no major exterior, so it was it needed to be Harold's. So Harold pretty much did all of that. Now the signage that you're showing was done by an African American firm called Moody Nolan, and I failed to recognize him. And 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 uh, my wife Tracy's on me. She's going to do kind of giving her little secret away, but she's going to be posting Black History month stuff about and, and and individually shouting out people in their in their expertise so you'll see right. something that i'm not going to let her forget that she said that she's going to do she's that she's going to do that <laughs> but anyway so i mean this project had the opportunity to put younger people to work as well so in my office the youngest person in the office probably wowed everybody young lady named morgan thompson her her mother uh called me one day and said, Don, my daughter needs an internship before she graduates. Can you help her? So she was a construction major. And, um, you know, so I did, you know, give her an internship over the summer and some kind of way when it was, you know, she wanted to stay around. And I can remember saying, you know, you can't read books. You can't just like finish your work and then you roll in the corner reading the novel. We don't, we right. don't do that here. Right. You want to read something, you need to be reading blueprints. Right. I would give her say if you can if you can answer every question on that on that big drawing, then then you can read a novel. Right. So she really took the ball and ran with it. And I would let her run major meetings and people would call me later saying, man, Don Morgan is she's really good. She's growing. And so it's it's been fun to see her confident and she gets a lot of stuff done. I mean, nice. she takes nice. a lot of tasks and. I enjoy seeing uh, youngsters that, you know, may be afraid to talk to a contractor to they take it and run. Next thing you know, something's getting installed. And that's right. and that's what that's what, what I like to teach. That's the kind of the talent we have throughout the whole project. So on the museum project, you know, you have, um, you know, in the product, you have to visit it to really understand. A lot of people, when we're building it, they, when they hear this museum, they really don't get don't understand that this is a museum that can stand anywhere. You know, you can put it in New York and you, it feels like it fits any place in the world. The museum is, is first class. So, so we're happy to have worked on that. Nice. Well, let me share this one more time. Tickets are on sale for the museum. You can go to blackmusicmuseum.org forward slash tickets, blackmusicmuseum.org forward slash ticket right here in nashville tennessee and something you said that i think uh is worth having a little bit of a conversation around and that is you know why is it so important for us to have more collab collaboration among ourselves why is it so important for us to uh, why was it so important to support other minority black businesses as pertain to the museum and 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 having such uh, a role in participating in a major project like that, um, in, in so many ways, it's it's important for us to 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 have confidence that we can do it, um, and not and so when we go anywhere around the world and we 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 exude the confidence that we can do it, I think that um, you know we we sit back and watch um, a lot of the partnerships you'll see. Even even uh, when I worked on the Music City Center, with we had a collaboration, and and, and it was, I, I tell what I think are funny stories that they weren't funny to me, but that I get laughs out of them because you know uh, when I try to be serious about these stories, I tell you a quick story. So on the Music City Center, we had uh, two larger one conglomerate in Clark and a smaller company in Bell Construction Local, and then Harmony, a company that African-Americans put together. Um, we, we, so I, I always tell them that um, they treated us like, like, um, like Beaver on uh, Leave it to Beaver. And they're like, well, what do you mean, Don? I'm like, 
you guys are like like the city is June and Ward Cleaver. They say, okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you drive the keys to the car, but you got to take Beaver with you, right? And so and so they're taking and so Wally and Eddie Haskell are, are wanting to drive the, the the new whip and and go out and maybe find some girls or whatever, and they got to take Beaver with them, and they just say Beaver. Now you, the city made us use Harmony Beaver. Now you, if we'll get you some ice cream, you just get in the car and shut up and ride, right? Mm. And so and so I'm like, okay, that's kind of how we don't want to be treated, right? You know, we didn't we we plan to drive the car too, right? And so not just be sitting in the back seat and and just give taking what you give us. And so they they ha 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 they laughed at it, but I'm like, you know, but there's there's some seriousness behind that story. And so, all the time it, we have to fight for what we, for what we get. And a lot of people think, "Oh, Don, you guys should be happy. You got a, you got some of that project, yeah." But we have to fight once we once they sell the city or sell the owner that yeah we're going to use this minority company. It's a fight. The fight starts then, and that's what I try to share with any of my colleagues who end up in a situation where they're partner on building a soccer stadium or partner building whatever. Happy you got it, but let me tell you what you need to know so you don't get get stuck in being Beaver Cleaver, right? Yeah. So, um, and so it's important that um, we t- we we continue to grow our our businesses. And now I hope that many people on this project that were that were allowed to be leads can go and build other things with confidence that they can do it. Nice, nice, nice. They got the resume to show it too. So. So before we uh, come to the close, we have a, a few more questions. But you know, talk to the the budding black entrepreneur, the entrepreneur who hasn't yet gotten started. You know, what do they need to know before they take the leap, or as they began to put uh, some action to that vision? You know, what's 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 one thing that you say you gotta you gotta embrace as you take the well you you started to say it i think that you have to embrace the subject matter Hmm. you gotta embrace you gotta be the best at the subject matter whatever it is you have to hone in on that and the other things are going to come but you have to be the best uh carpet cleaner or whatever it is Hmm. that you know you, you just like we gotta have that guy you got to have that kind of mentality and and not really worry about um, the instant gratification and getting paid. Yeah. You know, instruction, a lot of people want to jump in. But I, but I tell people, yeah, you, you can lose your shirt. You can make some money, but you can lose your shirt in your house and uh, and and the ones you love if you don't do it right. So um, be all in, study it and just be the best at it. And then, um, you know, the basics. Uh, you know, having an attorney, having a, a CPA and, and all those things are, are, you know, kind of elementary. But I think right. that uh, the, the reason folks don't succeed, I think, is because they the, the stick to itiveness to be the best at it is is what you got to have. Yeah, You said a handful just a few minutes ago. I, um, I believe it was Josh Bundy who posted in another group about, you know, the recent opportunities that the government was providing to businesses with the PPP and the EIDL opportunities. And I had said in the group, sometimes it is the simple things that we fail to do that keeps us from opportunity. And, you know, so many people missed out on opportunity because they didn't have proper bookkeeping. They mm-hmm. didn't have, you know, the proper things that are that you are supposed to have in place just to have a business and you know that's a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> right 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 you, but, you, you know definitely have, have, there are things that we yeah. have to have in place that are just elementary to business mm-hmm. right just to be able to move forward and so the next piece is talk to the entrepreneur like me who's in the throes you know i'm going on three years uh, full-time entrepreneurship. And sometimes I have those days where I'm like, did I make the right decision? And mm-hmm. other times I have days where I'm like, man, this is exciting. You know, talk to yeah. us, give us a little bit of advice. As well, you're in the, you're in the pros. I'll give you advice that was, that was given to me. And I think it's important 
that when you are successful and you help somebody and they ask you and then they say thanks what what can you do to what what can what i tell them don't thank me how you can thank me is help somebody else so one of the one of the nuggets that I, you hear daryl freeman say is um you know work don't work so much don't get caught up working in your business as you should be working on your business yeah. by this time the, the things that um that you you know you you got the skills to do what you do you know you're a smooth operator on that mic behind that microphone mm -hmm. and, and you got it down but make sure the uh some of the other things mm -hmm. that you do the marketing part and the, and the other things that are behind the scenes that, that makes it easy for you and, right. and and posing you know if you have, if you you know, you need help, you know, with proposals or whatever, and I and I, and I get the feeling that people gravitate to you, uh, but but somebody has to close a deal for you, so yeah. you need some, you need you need a team, you need to build a team, mm -hmm. and I think even for me, for a while I was somewhat of an entrepreneur. I mean, I'm sorry, somewhat of a consultant because I was like, well, nobody can do things like I would want them to do it, so I was growing and, and training somebody plus. The other thing that I found, I would train people, and then they would then they would go and be in the corporate world, which I'm happy for them to get the opportunity. But I looked up and said, you know what? I'm training everybody to leave, so I started training people to stay, and help me grow. So I think that when you're in, th in the throes, you got to start thinking about growth and wow. what does that look like with wow. with you standing outside of it. Maybe some maybe you train a young Markeith. Um, to do what you do, and so you can help it grow. That's nice. That's nice. I, I, you know, I never heard it said that way. You were training people to leave instead of training people to stay. That's yeah. That's real good. And we all need a team, right? You know, it's only so much you can do as a solo preneur. Even in this digital space that I'm in, that I'm realizing that though the overhead is is very low, and um, a lot of the stuff I could easily do myself, but at the end of the day, I'm really just the talent that um, I really am the one who understands and knows the strategy. But yeah, I, I need some help with individuals who can really carry it out to a level that I can't do it for myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's yeah. real good. And and, and even um, like when you visit the museum, so the museum is going to be a really cool place because it has the the, gallery, the the five galleries and the and the added uh, rivers of rhythm, but it's also going to have um, the uh, temp gallery, and we'll be able to tell stories about in depth about the, the the business of music, maybe the fashion music, whatever. But to your point, guys like James Brown, he learned how to how to work the deal. You know, he was the, the talent. He was the talent. You know, and made sure all his band was in step. But he was also smart about the business side. Right. And I think that we have to always be, you know, you can be great at, I can be great at bills and stuff. But if I'm not watching the money or negotiating the right deal, then I'm not going to be, I'm not going to last long. Awesome. 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 Well, we have come to the end of this podcast episode, but I'd like to do these laser questions towards the end so people can kind of get to know you a little bit. Uh, more and, and you can kind of give some quick uh, tips on. And so what is your number one book that you would recommend that entrepreneurs or anyone should possibly read? And I referenced this yesterday. I was, I'm reading a book called uh, the splendid and the vile. And, and uh, it's, it's a lot of lot in there because it's about Winston Churchill and, uh, you know, he's a controversial character, too, because you run into people and will tell you more stuff about him. But how he dealt with World War Two and, and being that Germany was under, well, France, England was an underdog against Germany and they had no chance. But how he prepared for that and how the, the other thing is, is they said he slept. He as soon as he is headed to pillow, he slept so he yeah. could sleep. through all that. So splendid and the vile by a guy named Eric Larson. Got it. What's the favorite thing to do with your free time? Uh, free time, I enjoy listening to, I, I collect jazz music. Uh, I collect records, period, but uh, vinyl records. And, uh, you know, listening to, to those and collecting and, and, you know, creating a better system. So I enjoy that as one and traveling. What's one of your favorite places of destination to vacation? Mm. 
have to say um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Santa Fe. Albuquerque, New Mexico, Santa Fe. And, yeah, and could, Santa Fe. Yeah. I'm sorry, if you go could ahead. go back uh, in time, who would be one person you would love to meet and sit down and have a conversation with? Um, Obviously, it would be Prince for me. Prince? Prince, yeah, the artist <laughs> Prince. Okay. He's a beast in, in his craft. What do you feel like you would learn from Prince? Um, you know, the, the energy to to um, keep creating something different and how he reinvents himself to come up with and try to try not to make his sound um, the same every time. Some kind of way he re reinvented himself and made and kept himself uh, creating interesting type music right. instead of the. You know, we, what you heard from soft and soft and wet sounds much different than uh, his last album, Rainbow Children, as an example. So they're very different, and how you how you do that is amazing to me. Nice. And if you have a favorite quote or scripture or words that you live by, what would that be? Um, simple: treat others as you would have uh, done to yourself. Nice. Nice. Well, Don, I thank you again for joining me for this first episode of the Black History Month series. Why don't you tell the people how they can learn more about you, website, social media, you know, where would they go to learn more? Sure, about sure. You? Um, we're, we're on, I'm on Facebook personally, Donald Harden Jr. Uh, our, our, um, website, our website is donhardengroup.com. Uh, we're constantly loading um, new projects and new information. Uh, pretty much the best way to get us. Nice, nice. Well, hey, this was a good conversation. We started off right, you know, so I'm looking forward to the rest of the month. For those of you who are listening live and joining us live on Facebook, hey, leave a comment. Let us know what you thought about our conversation with Don Harden Jr. as he kind of shared about building legacy and, and shared a little bit about entrepreneurship and how you can you know, really take your vision and your business to the next level. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe to the Maximize Your Brand podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. You could search Maximize Your Brand and hey, leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think about our episodes and our shows. I'm always interested to reading your emails and reading your comments and so the rest of the month we're talking all things black history speaking with other entrepreneurs small business owners who are african-american making great strides in the world once again if you're interested in grabbing that free gift let me share that with you one more time here let me find it real quick i have seemingly am missing it there it is right there. Brand me text, brand me all one word to 77222. Brand me to 77222 and you'll receive a text message from me. Well, until next week, I am always appreciative of you joining me. And just remember this, always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that is overcrowded. Take care. <laughs>